Welcome to the Wedding Wisdom Podcast. My name is Doug Winters, and I will be your host and trusty guide in attempting to demystify the entire daunting process of planning the perfect wedding. In a casual interview format, I'll be talking to the top industry professionals so you can hear directly from them exactly what it is they actually do. Event coordinators, musicians, florists, dress designers, photographers, and even maitre d's that you'll be trusting to make your wedding an unforgettable experience. Hit me up on either Twitter at WedWisdomPod or Facebook at Doug Winters BKS and let me know who you'd like me to have on and what questions you'd like me to ask. And as I remind every couple that I play for, this will inevitably be the most expensive party you'll ever throw, but remember, it's still a party, so try and enjoy yourselves. Let's do the show. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode six, which focuses completely on the wedding ceremony itself. But before that, I want to thank my friend John Adams for their music that you're listening to now and the opening theme music. So thanks, John. And I'm officially on Instagram. It's under Doug Winters Music, which is the name of my company, as opposed to Wed Wisdom Pod, which is my Twitter feed, which is short for Wedding Wisdom Podcast. And I'm trying hard to get this branding thing going, but, um, you know, I'm getting there. So let's bring on today's guests. Uh, I had a conversation with two gentlemen named Clint Huffs and J.P. Reynolds, and they host this amazing podcast called The Wedding Ceremony Podcast. Great title, right? But they have an awful lot to say about the most important part of your wedding, which is your wedding, the I do's. So here's Clint and J.P., Take it away, guys. Well, well, if I can just jump in just uh, for, for a moment here. It, yeah. We do non-denominational, interfaith, cross-cultural wedding ceremonies. But, Clint, why don't you jump in? <clears throat> well, I think that, and please, JP, correct me if I'm wrong, but our approach for the podcast specifically was what we encounter um, during wedding ceremonies. And uh, we both have been doing it, been non-denominational officiants for over 20 years each. So lots and lots and lots of different scenarios. And when we first started, uh, we looked at each other and said, I don't know how long this is going to last. I mean, I mean, how, how many stories can we tell? Eventually we're going to run out of things to say. And we just recorded episode number 172. I was just going to say, I just heard, listen to 171 uh, this morning. (laughs) Yeah. And, and I, I really honestly think we're never going to run out of things to say because every wedding has its own kind of idiosyncrasies and uniqueness. And then plus, right. but we, we correct me if I'm wrong, JP, but the way I look at this is we are functioning as an officiant, as a wedding officiant. We're not um, administering a, a church. We're not running a brick and mortar. We're not uh, talking to a congregation. We are dealing specifically with someone's unique uh, milestone event and then everything is attached to it, which makes things in a way really simple because it's easy for us to focus on the, the task at hand. And then what I love about is the variety of people and what they bring to the wedding ceremony in regards, in regards to their background or whatever they're going through, or is there what JP calls uh, reality show drama? Uh, all that kind of stuff is all comes into play. And then all the people that we work with, the venues that we work at, there's all kinds of unique circumstances that go into what we do and which is why we're still doing it over 20 years later and are both really excited about the next wedding we get to officiate. The majority of people who are, yeah, I would say the majority of couples who 
come to me who come to Queens, more times than not, they grew up with some kind of religious affiliation. And their parents may or may not still be practicing within that religious tradition. Right. But the couple themselves, individually and as a couple, no longer feel a strong emotional and theological connection with the religion. And so what they're looking for is a ceremony that honors the sacredness of what they're doing without being religious. So that's why you don't hear us necessarily talking a lot about religion per se in the podcast, because we deal with that early on. And people will either say, you know, we're spiritual, but we don't want religion, maybe a, a blessing at the end, or they will say, you know, grew up Catholic. I want no mention of God because I'm whatever. Right. So that's that's why we we don't get uh, really. Now, I I, I I think and Clint, you you can jump in here, but uh, we do get some very interesting combinations of family religious backgrounds. I, I one time had Israeli Jewish marrying Iranian Muslim. No, really? Yeah. yeah, I had Iranian Muslim and Filipino Catholic. Uh, and that, the way we combined those two traditions was fascinating. And what JP is saying is, and just quite honestly, there are some ceremonies that we each have done that have been deeply religious, very traditional, very, uh, you know, full of scripture and prayers and that kind of stuff. And then there are others that want to go the opposite direction and would make it almost, uh, what do you call that, JP, when something is just no religion? Secular. Um, just secular. Yeah, there you go, secular, yeah. And so... Um, it, and everything in between. And then when you throw in the traditions and the cultures and, and you know, what they're, what they bring, because I think a wedding ceremony is only three things. It's the commitments between the couple, obviously, you know, I want to marry you. Cool. I want to marry you too. <laughs> is who they are as individuals. And, and that I think really is the most important thing because I mean, well, that's who you're marrying is that person, but that's also who you're offering to this person is who you are. And so the ceremony should reflect that. And then the third thing would be whatever you think your marriage is going to be going forward. It's those three things. And when people come to us, our systems are different in how we bring a ceremony to the client. Um, But the bottom line is exactly the same, which is what can we do to make sure that you are blissfully happy and you have the, most brilliant memories of your wedding ceremony. And that's our goal. And then every couple brings kind of their own criteria and we do whatever we can in order to achieve those goals. It was, you know, when we start an episode and JP, I'll let you jump in on this, but when we start an episode, it really is what is foremost in our minds at that moment, which is typically what we've just experienced. But when we started the first episode, the first one or two episodes, we're bringing a whole lifetime of experience to that specific episode. And um, I think JP had a bee in his bonnet and it was brilliant because we dove right in to something that was completely credible, 100% um, effective to what a lot of couples go through when they're trying to find peace within the family because you know a marriage ceremony also involves whoever's important to the couple. So JP, go ahead. Well, yeah, this is, this is where we would have a pajama party for this podcast. <laughs> there are so many stories that Clint and I have of, of, of 
one or both of a parent or a relative or a friend who, for whatever reason, acts out in a very passive-aggressive manner. So, for instance, I had a, a couple where the groom's family is Jewish, the bride is Catholic, and the week before the wedding, the groom's father said that if he didn't have a rabbi co-officiate the ceremony, he, he, wasn't, coming. he, wasn't, he wasn't coming to the ceremony. Oh, and my thought is, okay, you have been engaged for nine months. You have been planning this way. You hired me seven months ago. And now your old man is bro- going to boycott because there's no rabbi is like, dude, wow. come on. That is emotional blackmail. That's, that's creating drama in a very passive aggressive manner. And I personally have such zero tolerance. I don't that. think that's so passive. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty yeah. aggressive, aggressive. Yeah. yeah. So, but there are so many different variations of, of, of that. What I think is interesting is the power that people derive for themselves from righteous indignation, that everybody in that scenario took a stand and said, I'm right and you're wrong. And, and to this day, they probably still believe that there were gross improprieties and I had to make a, you know, what was quote unquote, the right move. To, in this scenario, it's a wedding, doggone it. Those people are who they are. And this kind of shenanigans has been going on way before anything had to do with a wedding. And so I think that's why I encouraged couples to go in with their eyes wide open. You know, who are the players involved? And it's like what JP says. Now, when he asks about reality show drama, that's the very first conversation. <laughs> I mean, that's right off the bat. And what I usually say to a couple, all right, I'm just going to like, hi, hi, good to see you, whatever. If we're on the phone or we're meeting in person, as soon as uh, the pleasantries are out of the way, I'll say, all right, I'm just going to let you guys jump in. Tell me what you want. Tell me what you don't want. Tell me what you're afraid of. Anybody giving you any trouble? And then just let them go. And they will reveal to you what their biggest concerns are. And that's our jumping off point. There are things that happened in the first four years of both of our careers that were kind of like that big slap on the face that came out of left field. And, oh, my gosh, I never want to go through that again. And so that's where we have agreed kind of separately. Uh, it's kind of neat to find a compadre that can say, oh, my gosh, yeah, that happened to me. And then, and then now, in, in terms of the best practice of what we do as wedding officiants, let's just get that stuff on the table as quickly as we can. What JP has spoken so eloquently before is the power of ritual and what a ceremony actually is supposed to accomplish. So dive right in, JP. It's brilliant. Right, right. So here's the thing. I believe that you can have a great whiz-bang party with a lousy ceremony. But if you have a great ceremony... It will propel you into the party and people will understand what it is that they're celebrating. And I think in today's society, life is so overwhelming. We are all so exhausted. And I think a ceremony when done well is an oasis. And for that brief period of time, people can remember what life is all about. Love, loyalty, family, and friends. And so a well-done ceremony lets people feel refreshed and renewed and it gives them hope 
I think people go to a ceremony expecting very, very little. People go thinking, I hope it's not too long. <laughs> I hope it's not too boring. Um, and what Clint and I managed to do in our own individual ways is to provide ceremonies that surprise and delight people because the ceremony skirts cliches and, 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 and uh, theological jargon. And it's very grounded in the reality of the couple standing in front of us. Wow. That's a, be- that's a, that's a beautiful sentiment that it re- uh, an oasis. I mean, that's very touching. Yeah. I tell couples that, that when, they, when they get up in front of their guests, when the guests sit down, let me, from the guest perspective, when the guests sit down to watch a wedding ceremony, most of them think they know what's about to happen. They think they know. Blah, 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 kiss, I want to go eat. Um, <laughs> but if there's something that we, and, and also what JP talks about, uh, a ceremony done well, that's very subjective because there are so many different officiants that have different ideas of what they think a wedding ceremony is supposed to be and what their role is in it. And some of them are performers. I was just going to say a lot of them are, yeah, far too much. Yeah. Some of them don't want to be in the spotlight, but they feel an obligation in order to do it. And you can tell that they're very withdrawn and they don't know how to use a microphone. And there's all these different ways that it can happen. And then the performers are also kind of, overwhelming the the intimacy of the moment and and trying to put on uh, a show um, and everything in between. But I'm of the opinion that when guests sit down to watch a wedding ceremony, what they really want in their heart, deep in their heart of hearts, is they want to believe. They want to believe in the couple. They want to believe that this is for real, that they really do love each other, that they, they have a, a realistic expectation of what a marriage is supposed to be. And, and all of the things that flavor that moment in time that's what a couple what a guest really wants to experience when they sit down to watch a wedding ceremony and it's whether or not we can and the thing that is a key ingredient to that is the credibility that because before I became a wedding officiant one of the many things that I've done in my life is I was a video editor for social videos uh weddings bar mitzvahs things like that oh wow yeah, it was great training, and there were so many wedding ceremonies where the officiant would say something, and in, my, in the confines of my editing booth where nobody else could hear me, I would say out loud, what? What, <laughs> what does that have to do with them? What are you talking about? But uh, so then obviously when I got into this business, which by the way, it's the greatest job I've ever had in my life, and I've been blessed to have a lot of really fun things um, as occupations, but th- that that when I began as a wedding officiant, I was determined that everything would be specific and relevant so that the couple and their guests were drawn in to, I guess the magic, that's what JP calls it. And I I just think it's so right. The magic and the mystery of what this is and this transitional moment. Yes. And you know, and that goes to also the, the, the reality that a wedding plays out, on a very deep emotional level. And, you know, people are there feeling a a roller coaster of emotions. There are some people who are sitting at the ceremony who have been happily married for however many years. There are others who may be in an unhappy relationship and don't know how to get out of it, or maybe widowed, or maybe single and wonder 
woe is me, will I ever be on the right street corner at the right time of day to meet the right person, yeah? And so personally, what drives me nuts is when an officiant turns the ceremony into an opportunity to preach and teach on how miserable life is and marriage is hard and you you don't know what you're getting yourself into, but man, we're all here just cross fingers because it sucks, you know? That is what we totally avoid and that is what basically, you know, is part of what stuns people. It's like, well, I feel good after that ceremony. Wait a minute. That's not like any other ceremony I've been through. I feel, yeah, I'm happy to be alive. Well, what are things that, what are messages that you both feel like you're giving uh, to people, to the audience, to get a little, I know it's not a show and you guys both have these great voices and you could obviously be performers and you could uh, tell stories and tell jokes, do anything, you know, to entertain the crowd. But how do you engage the 200 people, the 150 people, the 300 people, the 50 people who are not standing up as part of the bridal party or the bride and groom? How do you well, engage every question? That's a great question. Clint, why don't you take it off? Well, I think the very first thing I say to, because of my process, each couple builds their own ceremony. So I'm able to say at the beginning of every ceremony, uh, obviously, thank you for coming. But just so you know, every word you're about to hear was either chosen or written by these two people. Now, Mm. that lets them know that it it is a one of a kind experience and it is completely relevant to the two people that are involved. Um, So I, I, I guess that's the way that we begin on the right note is to, and then, and then there's a subtext which says, uh, I'm letting, I'm, please come in here and be a part of this. Please, there are times where I will say at the beginning of a ceremony, uh, look, obviously, thank you for coming. Look around. A lot of people could have been invited. Uh, you guys made the cut. So. That, oh, that's great. That means that you it's have a true. responsibility. Yeah. And for means, all of us that w- we know that, that that process goes through, it's like, who are you inviting? You know, the, there's the B list and the C list. And yeah, the- it's, <laughs> it's something that everybody gets like immediately. It always gets a chuckle. They always feel, oh, yeah, I did make the cut. I'm pretty special. But then I'll say, uh, but that means you have a responsibility to be right here, right now. And then we begin. Not from a, you know, a scolding standpoint or a you better standpoint, but more of a, aren't we lucky to be here with these two people? And, and then off we go. I think you have to set the tone and then make sure that nothing we do as officiants, this is my personal opinion, uh, overshadows what's happening with the couple. Yeah. We, we, it's, yeah. it's really about nuance and it, because it's a great, great question. And it's, it's something that, that, that I'm very mindful of as, as is Clint and, couple of things. First of all, I always want to, as much as possible, establish a relationship with the couple, meaning I'm not pretending that I'm an old drinking buddy of the couple, although if they meet me a year out, I'm happy to become an old drinking buddy. (laughs) Or a new drinking buddy. But I want people to know that I did not just walk in off the street without having any concept of who these two people are. Mm. And when you have established a connection with someone, you are going to speak to that person differently 
the tone is going to be different than if it's a total stranger. And so I think because Clint and I are pay attention to wanting to hear the story of the couple, just how we non-verbally are interacting with the couple signals, okay, there's something, there's some kind of a relationship here. Secondly, what I always do at the beginning in, in my opening remarks is very early on, I invite the couple to turn around and look out at the, at the guests. And when I always say, you know, just turn around, they stare at me like I'm speaking Martian. And it's like, no, be brave, turn around. <laughs> um, you know, the audience is just, the guests, family and friends are just, you know, if it's a raucous group, they'll start you know, clapping and whistling yeah. or whatever. It's a more sedate group. They'll at least be smiling. And it's very, you know, for me, it's, my honor to put my signature as indecipherable as it may be on the marriage license. But the reality is everybody present is a witness. And in gentle ways, I'm always using the word we, so that it's, it's, it's reminding people that it's not me with you as the passive audience. This is us. The audience and you surrounding, surrounding the, the, the couple. A year or so ago, the not to the survey, and in the United States today, a, roughly a third of all couples are getting married in a religious ceremony within the tradition of either their common faith or their interfaith with their representatives. A third are getting married by friends or relatives, and a third are turning to people like Clinton and myself who are non-denominational interfaith cross-cultural officiants. So two-thirds two -thirds of people in America are not getting married in a traditional, what's considered a traditional religious ceremony with a rabbi, a priest, an ordained minister of a particular denomination or whatever it might be. Right. So, um, and people, and that's where people get confused because they think, if we're not getting married in a religious ceremony, what can we do? What can we have? And Clinton and I show people that you can have a very warm, gracious, inviting ceremony without it being religious. And I also think the interplay between the officiant and the couple is really important. Um, all the little things that are said, not for anybody else to hear, but just little things that are whispered to the couple that, like what JP said, we are not old drinking buddies, but we do have this incredible moment, and I'll, I'll take care of you and make sure that, that what you're feeling isn't overwhelmed. Uh, wait, let me say that better. Um, that what you're, this amazing once-in-a-lifetime moment isn't overwhelmed with nervousness or, or your uh, well, introvert insecurity or whatever that is, that you're in a safe place and that you really need that connection between the two people that are getting married is to me the most sacred thing, the most powerful, most important thing for me is that connection between the two of them. And anything that I can do to minimize distraction for that couple uh, which is why uh, we always talk to JP and I always get there early. You know, like I, obviously we don't tell the musicians what to play, but we let them know when it's okay to play it. And I don't, everything I say to a photographer is always, you know, I have no rules, be brilliant. They think you're brilliant. So be, you know, go ahead. But do you know what's about to happen? And then because every couple kind of has elements that may not be in a traditional sense, they may not always have an A, B, C, D, E, kiss, and we're done. 
It could be a million different things. Yeah. And, so, and so to allow the other professionals to put their best foot forward, I think that's one of the roles of us as officiants, and it all serves the couple. The only reason we go through that meticulous process prior to the ceremony is for the couple so that they really do have the best experience possible and that connection between the two of them stays strong and intact and isn't uh, broken by something that, oops, nobody thought of that. You know, we try to stay ahead of all that. No, that's great. And I just, I was very moved by the fact that you, you said, I will take care of you. Uh, you know, don't worry. That's my job. Right. You, know, you exactly. relax. You, you worry about getting married. The truth of that is, is that what I say to every, uh, if it's a, a traditional bride and groom, what I'll say to every bride is, let me just explain to you what he's going through. Because I'm a guy. All I know is guy stuff. And, and I know what a guy goes through on his wedding day. And it's almost overwhelming. And quite honestly, that's true for um, same-sex couples as well. To see the face of your beloved, um, truly, they're exactly where they want to be. They're doing exactly what they want to do. And they still want to marry you that vision will stick with you for the rest of your life. So it's our job to create that kind of safe environment where, where that, the purity of that, whatever's relevant to the two of them is exactly what happens. Which means that really what Clint and I do is we're really not in the business of marrying people. What we are in the business of is creating memories. Absolutely. Wow, that's a beautiful thought. And with that, Doug, it's 11 and I have to go. I know. Yeah, just gonna say, go. Thank you so much. All right. All the best. Thank you, Doug, so much. Let us know when this gets up. Well, as you can tell, timing is not my strong suit yet, but uh, please check these guys out. Uh, the name of the podcast, again, is Wedding Ceremony Podcast. They have a website, uh, WeddingCeremonyPodcast.com. Um, JP's uh, website is jprweddings.com and he's on Facebook, JPR Weddings. And Clint's is reverendclint.com. That's his website. And his Facebook is at RevHuft. That's R E V H U F F T. I can't thank those guys enough. I listened to their podcast, called them, and uh, they were kind enough to jump on board so hopefully you gained as much wisdom as i did and i will see you next time bye-bye